0: Welcome to the Tough Talk Podcast, your weekly sports podcast rambling and debating all your favorite sports. Previews, recaps, predictions, and more, only here at Tough Talk. Be sure to follow along on Twitter, at Tough Talk Pod. Now, here are your hosts, Christian and Derek. Hey Christian, how's it going? It's good to be back here on Tough Talk this week. Hey, how you doing?
1: And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what a week for sports it has been. It's been a crazy week. We've had the World Series. We've had a lot of NFL trade deadlines. We've had injuries in the NFL. NBA season started. So, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of fun things to talk about today at Tough Talk. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. What do you say? All right, let's knock it out. Let's start off with what happened probably one of the biggest games last week, and that was the Colts and the Texans battle off for of the AFC South. Hey, that was a fantastic game. Uh, the game was very close. Just ended um, with a small margin of victory for the Colts. And Jacoby Brissett, game-winning, game-winning touchdown, game-winning drive to win the game. Zach Pascal, how about this guy? Wide receiver out of Old Dominion University, uh, two touchdowns, fantastic. Um, really, really enjoyed this game. And to be honest, Houston didn't play bad either. DeAndre Hopkins, hundred yards receiving. Watson looked good. It really just came down to who had the ball last. And those are the games I really enjoyed the most because, yes, there were flaws on both sides of the game, um, but this is one of those games, division rival, that we're going to see in the future, especially they play again one more time this season. This, these, that game later on in the season will have playoff implications without a doubt. Really enjoyed this game. Colts got lucky with this win. Um, and, wow, what about Jacoby Reset? Uh, that guy has really just taken off after being named the starter two weeks before the season when Andrew
0: Luck decided to retire. Yeah, he's kind of just taken over, and it was kind of one of those things that everybody was making a punchline of Indianapolis, and I don't think they're yeah. much of a punchline anymore because this is a pretty serious team, and every time you go into Indianapolis, you're going to have to worry about what your team you're going to face. I think mm-hmm. the Raiders got lucky. They were still facing a team that was trying to figure out who they were when they faced them in uh, week three, but they still came out with the win. Right. It was really nice to see that, but at the same time, I don't think that a lot of teams are going to get that lucky against this Indianapolis team because that defense looks pretty good. They didn't look so good against the Texans because it was kind of just a back-and-forth gunslinger mentality. Kind of Mm -hmm. tells you how good Deshaun Watson's been this year, too, though, for the fact that they were just able to go back-and-forth, back-and-forth like that. And like you said, it was literally it just came down to the last possession, and it was who had the ball last. And those are the like you said, one of the funnest kind of games there are in the NFL. And don't let 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 somebody have ninety seconds left on the clock because that's just more drama in the NFL, and we love that.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there's ninety seconds is way too much time if you uh, if you don't want to lose a football game, and that's that was obvious in the in that game last one. All right, so let's move on. What was what was the next game that we're talking about? That was the Dallas. Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles that was on Sunday night and that game was a surprise what do you think about that game
0: uh well I thought the Eagles would you know show up to the game Uh, I think Carson Wentz is still on his way to the game right now he's still (laughs) trying to get ready um I didn't see much out of that Eagles offense and I don't know if that can be attributed to how good the, uh, the Cowboys defense is or how bad the offense was last week with that being said, though, the Dallas Cowboys just traded for Michael Bennett for a 7th mm-hmm. round or, can, like you said earlier, it could possibly be a 6th round pick depending on what happens this year. Um, that could be a good addition to that defense that already looked pretty decent against the Philadelphia Eagles. Ezekiel Elliott, I don't have the exact numbers on him, but I can tell you he just kept running and he didn't stop running the entire yeah, he time. Ate- yeah, he yeah. Was, every, uh, every time I looked, he had the ball and he was five yards forward and leaning forward for a couple more. Uh, it was really impressive mm-hmm. to see what he was doing. And that offensive line, I say, I still say, that's possibly the best offensive line in all of football by the way they built it up over the last five years. I really like the way that offensive line continues to run the ball and continues to look every week. <clears throat> so I'm interested to see if they can keep doing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that this line is without a doubt the best line in the NFL. Um, that's been an argument for years, and it's beca- exactly what you said because they built it up. Moving back to Michael Bennett on that, um, if he can stay out of trouble, because he was uh, he was kind of a nuisance in the locker room. Um, for New England. He was suspended a game for things detrimental to a team he argued with the coaching staff. And that's why he really got sent away for a seventh round pick. And it could be a sixth round like like we were saying in two thousand twenty one. It's based on undisclosed stipulations. So uh that usually based based on performance. Um but yeah, um it could be fantastic. A seventh round pick, I mean Cowboys have used late round picks to get both Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett now. Yeah. So uh, if they can find a way to make this work, then yeah, it's fantastic for Dallas. This is that tough grit things that Dallas needs um, because they they could use some help for sure. But yeah, I was really shocked with Philadelphia. I hope they continue to do that when they go play my Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, uh, didn't wasn't really wasn't really shocked though. Um, Dallas came off that that tough uh, week before it and uh, came in against his division rival, Philadelphia, Garrett's on the, Garrett's on the hot seat. And there was no way that he was going to let these guys uh, lose to Philadelphia.
0: I'll tell you what, at certain times this year, Robert Quinn has looked absolutely unstoppable as a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious why he had what it was 19 sacks just a couple of years ago with the Rams. And it's very obvious why he did, because when that spin move is working and he's hitting it right on them tackles, some of them guys just cannot, cannot compete with it. I believe it was, Three or four weeks ago, I was watching a game of him, and he just was beating the left tackle every time they were having to hold him. It was miserable to watch. As a, like somebody who likes offensive line play, it was miserable to watch because I'm like, how can you not stop that? But at the same time, it was just an amazing pass rush move, and it really worked out well for him. And I think yep. he's the he's the focal point of this defense, despite the fact that Van Esch just went out this week with an injury, and we're not sure how that's going to look going forward. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to get into the Redskins Vikings, or you got anything else on that Cowboys Eagles game you want to bring up real quick?
1: Yeah, no, let's move on. Thursday night football between the Redskins and the Vikings. I this was a this I thought this could be a blowout, and yeah. this was a lot closer, lot closer than uh, than I expected. Had some turnovers at the beginning from both sides of the team teams. Up, but hey, Dalvin Cook and Stevan Diggs. All I gotta say is those two guys were incredible. Diggs did. Commit a couple. Uh, did commit a couple turnovers, but he still he still got over 125 yards. He is the only player other than Randy Moss to have more than 125 yards receiving in three consecutive games
0: for the Vikings. When you're in the same category as Randy Moss, you're doing something right. All right. Uh, I thought he was going to be pretty good early on, as I, you know, got him from you. Had rode those three weeks out you're talking about. And now I've traded him back to you. Talking yep. a little bit about our fantasy style here, but uh, hey, anyway, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with the may- way Minnesota looked. Uh, I thought they would come out a little bit more dominant than they did. Um, this Washington te- team's problem is Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's a yeah. good NFL quarterback. And scrolling through social media after the game, I saw a comparison, and as a Raiders fan, I was like, oh, no, don't make that comparison. Somebody Uh said it looked like Jamarcus Russell out there in a Washington Redskins uniform. They said, did did, did Dwayne Haskins get lost and Jamarcus Russell take his place? Who is out there right now?
1: Now, How do you feel about that?
0: I feel terrified for the Washington Redskins. (laughs) Uh we went through that guys. Don't don't take a quarterback that's going to be that bad for you because when they don't care about the team it immediately just stops the teamwork that you have. Uh but that th- I thought that comparison right there would be a little fun one for you to hear cuz that's a yeah. bad name. Hey look, I thought Haskins was going to be fantastic in the draft. And I uh,
1: at during draft time, I'll be the first one to tell you. I was so excited for Washington when Haskins just fell in their lap. And everybody, a lot of people, the majority of the media were like, what's going on? Why Why is the Giants drafting Daniel Jones uh, and not Haskins? So we're not the only ones in this situation saying that we believed in Haskins. He was the third quarterback taken, and a lot of people think he should have been the second. So um, I, I thought he was going to be it, but I saw some really bad mechanical mistakes last night, especially when he threw the interception over McLaurin's head. Uh, and uh, and it was just with his elbow, he has wrong angles, it's going to loft over. I'm, I'm not really enjoying what he's looking like, and we shouldn't be talking about mechanics from a first-round quarterback.
0: No, absolutely not. But that also comes back to what we talked about last week about the overhype of first-round quarterbacks. Maybe it's the same thing yet again. And, yep. you know, looking back now, everybody's going, oh, Giants made the right moves because Daniel Jones has looked pretty impressive so far. Daniel yeah, Jones so looks far. like he's an NFL-ready quarterback, and he's reading defenses like he should be.
1: Yep, just need to put some weapons around Daniel Jones. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: I mean Golden Tate's kind of past his prime. Saquon Barkley is an absolute weapon for the future. Those two going mm-hmm. forward are going to be just awesome to watch. It's going to be amazing to watch. I don't think we've ever seen like maybe Donovan McNabb, Russell Westbrook. Um, can you think of any young quarterback wide or running back the, duos like that? Uh, uh, Dak and Zeke kind
1: of remind me of that and a little Zeke? bit. Okay, and that you know in the division, that's a division rival too. Yeah. Um, so that, and that that's fun. where I would say. Yeah, so those two and you know Dak isn't, you know, is isn't like top notch. He gets a lot of his praise because he's got Zeke in the backfield and I think that might be the same case in in New York. I think Barkley's going to get him out of a lot of uh a lot of situations because, you know, Jones uh, he Jones does throw
0: interceptions. I mean, he's Eli oh, yeah. Manning Jr. right now. So, uh yeah. So all right, what we got next? All right. Well, next we're going to go ahead and go into week 4 uh or week 8, week 4, Jesus. Ooh, week 8 previews. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so the first one we wanted to talk about this week is the Panthers-Niners. Uh, the Panthers' defense has yes. looked incredible over the past few weeks. Yes. I don't know what's... Ta- like, there's a fire underneath that entire team, and it's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, the Niners are still undefeated, despite the Hurricane game last week. Mm-hmm. Despite the... You know, it was a miserable game to watch. If anybody actually did watch that one, it was pretty miserable. The Panthers game or the Panthers team is looking really good, and it's going to be interesting to see Kyle Allen still the starter. Anything you want to yep. talk about in this game? This is the game of the week for me. I think on both sides, if
1: if Carolina if Carolina wins this game, they need to be top five. They need to be top five uh, power ranking, and if the Niners win this game, they need to be number one power ranking because this is the most difficult. Uh, game of schedule or strength of schedule that both New England or San Francisco have played, uh, talking about undefeated teams. This could be the game that that finally defeats San Francisco, though. I think the Panthers have what it takes to do it, that defense exactly. Kyle Allen has looked good. He's looked really good. He might not throw all the crazy yard numbers, but he doesn't, doesn't commit a lot of turnovers, something that games. Cam Newton does, and he yeah. wins games. So uh, if I had to pick one on here, I'm going to go with the upset. I think the Panthers can take this one against the Niners.
0: Okay. I am not really gonna pick because I don't know on this one. This is gonna be a good game. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be interesting to see. Um both defenses are amazing and both have quarterbacks that can just lead a team to a victory. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't really know. It's gonna be a three point game, I can tell you that much. There's no it's gonna way be this close. Is gonna, yeah, it's no way it's gonna be this is a blowout. I can't mm-hmm. see that happening at all. Um we also wanted to talk about the Packers and the Chiefs. Yep. Um my, Pat Mahomes not in the game, Matt Moore going to be starting for the chiefs. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if that offense can actually do anything with him behind the, behind the center. I think the Packers are going to win this one pretty easily. I think the chiefs are probably just going to have a few weeks where they have pretty bad weeks with Matt Moore behind quarterback. Or behind yep, the I, center.
1: I agree 100% on this, uh, on this take here um, with Matt Moore under center. This chief's a good team. They're a good team. And, uh, and they might be able to stay in some games, but I don't think this is one of them. So whether Mahomes is out three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, as long as they can find a way to try and win at least half the games while he's out, they'll
0: be okay. But I don't think they're winning this week. Texans-Raiders is the next one we want to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about it real quick, and then I'm going to talk about it from a Raider standpoint.
1: Okay, fantastic. So, hey, Houston Texans just lost against Indianapolis, and it was a game that they Um, didn't lose based off of fault. They lost because they didn't really have the ball at the end of the game. Uh, Oakland just came off a really hard loss against Green Bay. So both these guys are coming in looking for a win. They're hungry for a win. Uh, The Texans, though, this team is dominant. DeAndre Hopkins just finally taken off. We do have Kenny Stills playing at wide receiver number two as Will Fuller sits. Um, But I don't think that's going to be that big of a game changer. In my opinion, I think the Texans win. I
0: think they win by 10. All right. So this game here is going to be – Can we stop the running mobile quarterback game? Because we can't stop that as a defense. We've never – that's always been the weakness of the Oakland Raiders, and it seems Mm -hmm. that we always like to stick in our lanes. But this week, we need to be able to stop them. This week, we need to be able to stop that and stop running backs out of the backfield. That's their two biggest issues, and – Carlos Hyde out of the backfield can be an issue with this team. So it would be interesting to see how this matchup goes. But we have to be able to stop the running of the quarterbacks. Because that is the biggest issue for us. If you watch us against Pat Mahomes, if we can get him on the downfield, he just runs off on us. So it's not going to look that great this week against her for us. So honestly, I think Watson probably goes off for like 400 yards passing because we try to stop him from rushing. And yep. it may be even a full two touchdown game, in my personal opinion. I uh, didn't have us win in this one going into this, uh, the season preview, and I don't have us win in this one tonight or this week. So I think that's going to be a loss for us, and I think it's going to be unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Yep, I agree 100%. Um, all right, next thing we want to talk about is the uh, NFL or the week seven fantasy follies. Mm hmm. And. I'm going to go ahead and get back to the hurricane game because it stopped the number one producing tight end in the entire NFL from producing this week. He had nothing really. I mean, I think he had one point maybe fantasy wise. That's not going to help you for the number one tight end. I'm talking about George Kittle in case you guys didn't realize. Um, there was also the uh, the Freeman ejection really hurts you if you had him as a running back this week. Um, I know I said personally last week I was like hey guys, Luke Wilson be a great addition because Disley just went out and Russell Wilson loves his quarterbacks he does love his quarter or er, loves his tight ends and he does love his tight ends but he went zero for zero last week with a big old zero points and yep. uh, if you guys took that information and used it, I apologize because I was <laughs> wrong. I uh, thought that maybe just maybe he would be getting to him but he did not throw to him at all this week. Um, yeah. Anybody you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, a few. Uh, continue with that hurricane game. Uh, McLaurin, receiver for the Redskins, he didn't play well at all. And he wasn't that hot last night either in the Thursday night game. And I don't know if it's going to be even any better uh, now that Haskins might be starting because of Keenum with the concussion. Uh, so if you had McLaurin, I would be careful. I would I would try to uh, try to sell if you can. Maybe if someone's not paying attention or just wants to go by the hype of the name, you can sell for somebody else. Go for it. Try if you can. Uh, also, uh, Mohamed Sanu, he just got traded to New England for a second-round pick. However, last week he did not perform very well. Not sure if that was because they knew he was about to be on the block or not, and they wanted to keep him healthy for the bait because Atlanta has been awful. Um, and then Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, I know we keep talking about him putting them in his like top 30 ranked receivers for fantasy-wise, but he might be falling off soon. He has not been performing very well. Last week he only had one point, but that's because Kyler Murray, uh, the quarterback did not do very well either. They still won the game, and they just didn't have to throw the ball. He only had he only threw 104 yards, and that was based off Case Edmonds. And I'm gonna go ahead and throw that little transition to you, Case Edmonds and how do you feel as we talk about fantasy guys to look forward to for Week Eight? What do you got?
0: Uh, well, for Week Eight, if you can pick up Chase Edmonds, pick him up. Mm-hmm. I think Duke Johnson is, or David Johnson is gonna sit now because I think he's kind of taken over the role. Um. It was also rumored that David Johnson may be battling r- uh, injuries the past couple of weeks. Yeah, he's back. And yeah, so if that's the case, then Edmonds is going to get some more time for the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks because they want to make sure Johnson's healthy because he was an elite back for them for a couple of years. So um, That injury. Yeah. So the other people I wanted to really talk about, and it's kind of funny that we're still talking about the Saint, or about the Cardinals because – This week, the Cardinals are going to go up against the Saints, and usually the Saints defense is pretty good. However, against the past and the number one wide receiver for a team, they're not that great this year. So uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald could actually be somebody to start this week because he just finds a way to get open for the young Kyler Murray. And I think he could come back with maybe 10, 12, 13 points this week for somebody. If you have him, they can pick him up because I know people been dropping him because of they don't think he's been uh, consistent. Um, Cooper Cup, I think he's going to have a bounce back week this week against the Bengals. If he doesn't, I'm kind of terrified of how bad his stock is going to plummet because he's had a couple of really bad weeks in a row. T.Y. Hilton looked really good last week, and I think he's going to have an even better week this week against the Broncos, and I think that's going to be about all I got for this week's Week 8 Fantasy. What do you got on the DraftKings side of things?
1: Um, I Again, we're going to talk about a stack, and the stack that I like is the Rams against the Bengals. I like Jared Goff, although he's had some shaky weeks, but they're playing Cincinnati. I think this is the week that really steps him in. If you can line him up with Gurley and Cup, maybe if Cup um, – it decides to have a, a really good a week. Uh, he's been off, but if not, Robert Woods. So you have a couple opportunities there to add in. Um, I think Robert Woods or Cooper Cup would be a good stack with him, or both if
0: you're really feeling frisky. Uh, exactly. But, yeah, I think
1: the Rams against Bengals.
0: Cooper Cup might be a good stack this week because his value probably dropped because of his last few weeks. So his price has probably dropped yeah. a little bit. So it probably make it a little bit easier to afford him. Yep. I think that's a pretty good matchup, honestly, in my personal opinion, too. I think anybody against the Bengals this year is a pretty good matchup.
1: Yeah, and then uh, especially especially if you really want to go into statistic-wise, the Bengals are the worst, and they've gave up the most receiving yards to a tight end. So if you want to spend kind of low, lower in a tight end ever, it wouldn't be bad because he won't be too expensive either. So if you want to spend a lot of money somewhere else and then go after your tight end, he'd be a good value pick.
0: Also, I think George Kittle is going to have a bounce back week this week. I don't think the hurricane game is going to affect his game as bad as it should have. Uh, I think he's going to have a bounce back week. Even though the Panthers defense is a good defense, they don't really do so well against tight ends. And I think he's a pretty good tight end. So it'll be interesting to see how Garoppolo can find him over the middle this week. But let's go ahead and get into our next subject. I know the timer still says we have six seconds, but who cares? Um, Caliccio Samue and the Jets. I don't know if you guys have seen this. But Caliccio Simile is getting fined by the Jets for not playing because he started the season off with an injury playing and they say he should still be able to get playing. He has a torn labrum on his shoulder. If you guys don't understand how painful that is, um, not only does it hurt, not only does the procedure hurt, but then you have to go through six to eight months of physical therapy afterwards to get that muscle uh, reconnected properly. If you don't believe me, it sucks and you have to have resistant bands the entire time. Now, with that being said, Leachio Simile, when we had him with the Raiders, was one of the hardest-nosed players I've ever seen in the NFL to the point that I remember when it was uh, training camps coming up. People were getting mad at him because he was going full force in training camps and he was like, hey, if you can't go, don't go. Now tell me that guy right there is going to be complaining about an injury, and I'm going to call you full of something that I'm not going to say on this show. Um, I believe that this is a really bad look for the New York Jets, um, which is kind of mad, which is kind of bad because I was going to come on here this week and I was going to say that the New York Jets kind of got screwed with the whole Sam Darnold saying ghost. Sam Darnold can see all the damn ghosts he wants now because Calicio Simile getting talked about like that by the New York Jets is the worst thing I think I've ever seen. Like I said, he is one of the hardest-nosed players, and if I wish he was still a Raider because I don't believe the Raiders would have treated him like this.
1: Yeah, that's awful. It really is. And there's there's no place in football for that. Uh, you shouldn't treat that to your players at all. You're, the health and the longevity of your players needs to be your number one priority, and if it is not there, then... You need to decide. Whoever is making those decisions should not be making those decisions in in for for that franchise. Uh, because of that, yeah, I I'd want to hear what the statements from New York Jets come from um, to try and back this up. They better they better try and cover cover their asses really good. But other than that, yeah, I, I the Jets you you've dropped a lot really far down and you've already been down there. But I'm as, a, it's a, not as one of my least favorites. Team.
0: Yeah, easily. My,
1: yeah. If this is if this is all these speculations are true and they're not trying to do anything about it, yeah, absolutely. I'd rather root for the Patriots than root for that, which is saying something coming from a Buffalo Bills fan. I know I don't really have a lot of credibility uh, saying if I like the Jets or not because I like you know AFC East, but yeah, this is this is just nowhere to be found. No, this um, is
0: this is a, yeah. a shame to the sport, is what it is. Agreed. 100%. They, the the reporters asking, well, it was reported that you're taking toward all shots. Um, is that something that is okay with being reported? He goes, Yeah, that's fine. But when the all shots aren't working anymore and everything just hurts even after the all shots, I need to get the surgery done and I yeah, need to do That's
1: just, just a band aid. Torridol is just a band aid. Yeah. So it's and not going to replace there, an
0: injury, something that has a muscle that's off the bone. It's a torn labrum and he's out there playing for you guys and you're going to yeah. fine him for that? That makes you a miserable sight of a franchise right now in the NFL. And I don't think any player wants to sign for you now. Yeah, there All needs right. to be an investigation on what's going on with that. Absolutely. So let's get into another injury. This one is on the other side of things. Zion, inju- Zion was injured before the first game of the year. Um, it's reported six to eight weeks, but with it being an actual full... Because they're actually going in and cleaning everything so out. So I think it could be a full... I don't know. I think we could be looking at, you know, three months that he's out for, for four months, five months for sure that yeah, he's out.
1: I, I don't see I don't see Zion Williamson come back until after the all-star break at the earliest, and um, and I think that's okay. I think that's fine. I think that you don't need to rush this guy back. Hey, look, New Orleans looked okay. They looked pretty decent without him in the opener. They went to overtime with the defending champs, Toronto Raptors. Uh, but they're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games without him. There's no doubt about it. They're going to battle some games. Um, But they're not going to be someone that's going to be in playoff contention the entire season. At least they might be battling maybe eight, nine seed. But if, if you're someone who's just hoping to make the eight seed in the NBA and you don't have Zion Williamson, you don't need to rush him back. That means that you have that. What that means is you have a fantastic core for the future with all these guys that you just drafted and the young guys that you just traded Anthony Davis away for and you're really close to the playoffs, and then you can you get to add in a healthy Zion Williamson if you do the right thing and wait, and if that means you have to wait one more year to make the playoffs after an entire rebuild, then I think you're okay. Don't rush this. If you are the New Orleans Pelicans, do not rush this. Keep Zion Williamson out as long as it possibly takes, even if it's the entire season, which I don't think will happen, but do whatever it has to be to keep Zion Williamson
0: uh, 150% healthy until he's on the court. So... Normally, I'd like want to see the number one pick overall, in the, and I want to see him. But yeah. after watching what's happened over the past 5-10 like years, watching Joel Embiid sit out almost two full seasons, watching Ben Simmons mm-hmm. sit out, watching these guys sit out and actually take their time, it makes you wonder if some of these guys, when they get hurt, if they don't rush back, and that's why they look like they're actually bust in the NBA eyes. And in and on, on all reality, they were just trying to get back, so they're not a bust. And that whole word the whole bus thing is just it's it's not their fault. The pick is the bust, not the player. Can we get that through to people the scout is the one who should be responsible, not the player. The scout was the one who scouted and said this is the guy who's the best for our team. The GM has said okay, that's the one who we're gonna pick. If the player gets hurt, how is that on a player? How's that not on the team for not recognizing that this guy had injury-prone seasons or something like that? That's why I've always said that injuries cannot define a player as a bust, but a pick as a bust. Because it was on the scout and the GM who noticed that there could have been a potential injury and went ahead and took that pick, and then they did get the bust instead. So that does concern me, or that does concern me on this thing, because I think Zion's one of those guys who's just going to go, Yep, I'm okay. Let me get back out there. And we could probably see him get more injured off of this. And I really hope that the team or the everybody in the organization just tells him, "Nope, sit you, sit down, wait, and come back when you're really healthy." Yep. Also, I brought up to you: Does he come back as Julius Randall if there's verticals gone?
1: Yeah. Well, if they what they say is usually when it's just a little tweak, the one that is only out for six to eight weeks, that's when you have to worry about it. But um, when when it's a full sew-in, I don't know. So, um, I think he'll be okay. I think if they hold him off,
0: I think if they don't rush him back, I think he'll be fine. I think it's going to be interesting to see going forward for sure. Uh, the Pelicans team is one of those teams I'm interested to watch. And I really hope that he does come back healthy because I want to see a healthy Zion Williamson in the league because I think it'll be interesting and fun to watch, especially him and Zoe together. All right. Speaking of another point guard, because I said ZO, Kyrie dropped 50 points. Looks really good with the Nets. But... At the end of the day, he still caught that fat L against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I personally watched this game. I watched it all the way down to the very last play. I watched the last play. And I have to say, there was no reason for Kyrie Irving to wave off Jared Allen on the screen. Because they had been running the pick and roll all night. He could have switched on to a bigger man and had a big man on him for defense. Which he could have crossed over and got the shot he was looking for. Yep. Uh, that made no sense to me. That was hero ball. And if he's going to do that till KD gets back, this team may not make the playoffs. They look good, but Minnesota is not like a playoff team this year. That's not a top eight seed in the West. They would be a top eight seed in the East, but that's not saying much because the East is so weak. But New Jersey better step their game up, and uh, Kyrie needs to quit playing so selfish in my personal opinion. Yeah. 50 points is a great accolade, but it's you didn't win the game. Yep.
1: And I think I think the Brooklyn Nets will make the make the playoffs, but um, but it's it can't happen like that. Yeah, that's cool that Kyrie got 50 points. You're right, but he still lost. He tried to get too pretty with it in the game winner on the ISO. I hate ISOs, uh, especially at the end of the game. I've, it's So selfish. It's so it's yeah, so, yeah exactly. I, I, I got us here, so yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it's good. What it's going to do though is it's going to put fans in the stands. It's 50 points. It's exactly what it's going to do. Um, It's definitely going to put it's going to have 50 points in the stands. It's going to let Um, it's going to let uh, people want to come watch Kyrie ball out. And if they make the playoffs, make the playoffs. But obviously, I think we all know that Brooklyn's year is next year.
0: Yeah, I think they should have really like I said, they ran the pick and roll all night with Jared Allen. And then on that very last one, Jared Allen started to run to the top of the key. Kyrie clearly just waved him off, told him to get out of there, and then he took the ISO. It was clear that that's what he did, and I guarantee you the other four guys on the court that were playing with him weren't happy that he wanted to go against what the play call was, and against what they did all night. And it's just, we can't see that out of Kyrie, because that's what pushed Kyrie out of Boston. That's what everybody got mad at. They're like, Kyrie comes up and handles the ball for 23 seconds, and then passes it and lets somebody shoot with the last one second of the shot clock. Well, if that happens in New Jersey, that team's not going to be as cohesive as they can be. Because Jared Allen's a really good young talent. Spencer Dinowitz, he's still really good. I think this team has a lot of key potential pieces. But Kyrie has to get back to playing the ball he played in Cleveland, not that stuff he was playing in Boston the last few years. Because yep. he was an all-star. He was a potential MVP. And yeah, 50 points a night, that would get you potential MVP. But if you're 50 points a night and you're, you know... You win or you lose 30 games because of you winning. Like, look at Kobe Bryant. When Kobe Bryant had the really high scoring nights, was the worst the Lakers did as a franchise. But Kobe also knew he had to hold that team as a, as a whole, so he would try to score as many as he could. But that team lost a lot because he did do that. He played the hero ball too much. Everybody talks about all the game winners Kobe made. What about all the game losers that Kobe missed, you know? So... Yeah. Uh, that's the big one with him. It worries me all the time with Kyrie is that he's going to try to play selfish ball too much. And that's what we saw in the game op- or the season opener. So what is it going to do from here? But let's get into some unselfish ball as we saw the, uh, Clippers, uh, kind of. So the game won against the Lakers. They looked really, really good. Then the second game against the Golden State Warriors, they kind of just stomped the stomped them. Yeah. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, D'Angelo Russell at one point tried to score ten straight buckets to try to make a comeback, but it didn't even help.
1: Yeah, the uh, the Clippers did to uh, did what to like what Golden State has done to teams for the past five years. They did I that see, last night to who, Golden State.
0: Somebody posted that. Somebody tweeted that. Who tweeted and, that?
1: I don't know, but yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how it felt
0: last night. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, yeah. It was, I don't I don't know what to say about that. The Clippers are a great defensive team. Uh me and me and Christian talk about this, I think, all the time through direct messages, but they look great defensively. I think they I think that team's gonna be legit this year. Uh the only thing I think is gonna be the biggest downfall for that team throughout the entire season is gonna be Patrick Beverly. I think they're gonna try to Either tell him to shut the hell up or move on from him because he kinda of talks too much to the opposing players and sometimes that could be bad if you get a guy in technical foul trouble on your team. And he's the kind of guy who will do it. So that's Yeah, the Clippers look good. Clippers look good
1: and they don't even have Paul George
0: yet. That's the scary part. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, you know, Charles Barkley made a bold take last night saying the, the Warriors weren't even gonna make the playoffs. If they play
0: like that, they they might be he might be right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because the way they looked last night was not the time I thought they were going to be. I thought, and, you know, I saw, I don't know if you guys know who Kenny Beacham is, King of the Fourth Quarter, Through the Wire podcast, but uh, he had put up a thing. He said, so Steph puts up 29 a night, D'Angelo puts up 22 a night, and he kind of went through the list, and he's like, there's 80 points, who's doing the rest? And it was a really good point, because the team doesn't really have the weapons like they should on that like they have in the past few years. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with this team go moving forward. And we're not gonna see Clay until after the All Star break, if we even see him this year at all. I don't Which, think we're gonna see him at all. I mean if like we said with the lion, they should just shut him down for the entire year, because I don't think they're gonna be in the playoff contention at the all star break with the way they looked last night. Yeah.
1: I don't but, see it. Clay Clay won't play at all. I'm calling it right now. We won't see Clay at all until next season.
0: Even if there's a playoff push. Even
1: if there's playoffs, we don't see him.
0: Okay. See, I think it's going to be if there's a playoff push that he gets brought back because he's kind of one of those guys. I don't think that happens. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about some NBA impressions unless there's anything else you want to add on to this subject. Nope. All right, that way we can make up some time we've lost in the last few. All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some rookies first because the rookies came out to ball. Uh, The first one was R.J. Barrett, 21 points, 5 rebounds, Mm -hmm. 2 assists. Uh, You had uh, John Morant's second overall pick. He had 14 points, the same as Tyler Hero, who was the 14th overall pick in this year's draft, I do believe. Yep. Uh, Rui Hachimura, he had himself a double-double in his first game. I said that Rui Hachimura was going to be good in our draft uh, analyst and our draft night that we did. I said I liked Rui Hachimura and who he was as a player, and I thought he was going to be good. Another guy that we talked about on draft night and before the draft – Matisse Taiboul, a great defender, and he came out and played 20 minutes off the bench with the 76ers. Now, he's not going to go out there and score a bunch of points for you or do that, but he's a great defender, and that's what they brought him out there to do. And it's kind of funny, he's got 20 points in the first one, because he could possibly be a starter like I had mentioned right before the season began. I said I thought he could very well be the starting uh, shooting guard by week four. So it was impressive to see those rookies out there. Uh, Who impressed you? Well, I really did like Hero, I will say that. Um,
1: that whole Miami squad looked really fun to watch. They were really well-rounded without Jimmy Butler, um, so adding him will be fun. Dragic should pl- played well, Hero with the 14 points. Hero was, I said, kept saying during that draft party we had, um, during the NBA draft, that Hero was the best overall shooter in that draft, and he hasn't disappointed yet. Um, so, yeah, I like Miami where they sit. I really do in the East. Uh, but another team in the East that is really interesting to me, and that's Detroit Pistons, um, and I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that but um Derek Rose, I think he finally found his niche uh, after all the injuries he's had and leaving Chicago. I think this is finally where we might see most improved player uh, Derek Rose. Um, I, I really like where he's where he's at there. He looks really good in that position uh 18 points the first night. he played well last night too uh, and Andre Drummond, wow, Andre Drummond, if um he is he's showing MVP, MVP material. Um, now, it's without Blake Griffin right now, Detroit. They're looking good without Blake Griffin. That's the impressive thing. And if they bring Blake Griffin back, if Drummond can continue to play like this, we're going to be talking about Drummond in the MVP race this season. I really do think so.
0: it would be interesting to see because I actually like, I've always loved Derrick Rose. Um, youngest MVP. Unfortunate what happened to him? I still don't. Get why he got pushed out of St. Louis or St. Louis, is Chicago as quick as he did because I thought they'd be a little bit more loyal to him. I thought they'd give him more time to recover, and they never did. And it seems like he's finally had time to recover and figure out what his game's going to be without his explosiveness. And he yep. looks good, and he looked good last year. He looked really good last year, and didn't get enough credit for it in my personal opinion. Yep. So yeah. I'm really happy to see that. I'm really happy to see the way Detroit looks. Uh, real quick. Minnesota, we looked good. Andrew Wiggins actually played a little bit of defense at the end of the game. It was kind of crazy to see. I didn't think I'd ever see that. Uh, Any Minnesota fan would think I didn't think I'd ever see Andrew Wiggins play defense other than the uh, Patent Olay defense. that He's still trying to get the Patent on right now because he's so good at it. Um, But it was pretty interesting to see. It was pretty cool to see. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the World Series now. The uh, Nationals up 2-0. Yep. I didn't think that you guys would get to Verlander and Cole, but hey. Who did?
1: Yeah, who did? <laughs> who would have expected Verlander and Cole, both Cy Young finalists, to pitch yeah. like they did? Yeah, Garrett Cole did not look very good. His seventh inning pitch, seven innings pitched. He let up two home runs and eight hits. Verlander in his six innings let up one home run and five hits. Uh, yeah, not not a good sight for these guys. Washington's bats have been insane. Juan Soto. Uh, he has just been incredible. In my opinion, he's the World Series MVP if it's ended today. Uh, today is actually his birthday, too. It, he turns 21 today. So, wow. Uh, going back to the World Series in Washington, Game 3, it's his birthday. Might see a, might see a birthday home run. But, yeah, we got Annabelle Sanchez on the mound tonight. They play Zach Granke. One of the things that I will say, I'm going to call it out bold now, if you play DraftKings in baseball or whatever it is, Washington, first time since 1933, there's a game, a World Series game, in the Capitol. Ryan Zimmerman is going to do something crazy in the next two games. Oh, he's yeah. the He's been the first over. He was the first draft pick for the Washington Nationals. He had the first ever walk-off for the Washington Nationals. He had the first ever World Series home run for the Washington Nationals. He's going to do something for the first ever game or the first ever World Series in Washington. It might not be tonight. It might be tomorrow, but... Put Zimmerman in your card tonight for DraftKings because the movie of Ryan Zimmerman is going to continue
0: this weekend. Um I, I don't know if there's gonna be a sweep. Do you do you think we might see a sweep in this World Series? You know, I don't know. Um, we're gonna see Cole on short rest, so there's possibility that he may not look as crisp in the game four. Uh the question is can you get to Grinky in game three? Grinky's been kind of notoriously not great in the playoffs, so it'd be interesting yep. to see um also you guys are going to be at home and that home field advantage is going to be absolutely insane because like you just said it's the first time in over 80 years that there's been a game 86 86 years okay In, in the capital So it'll be interesting to see how they all react to that. Um, The other thing I wanted to discuss, and I know you wrote an article on it, and I know the percentages went up since then, is the two out percentages that you guys have had runs on is absolutely insane. There was a really easy, simple play for, uh, I believe his name's Alex Bregman of the third baseman. Alex, Alex, yeah, Alex Bregman of the uh, Astros, all he had to do is just simply field it and get it to one of the bases, and it's an easy out. Bases were loaded, and he drops the ball on the glove, and then he drops it out of his hand. He dropped it twice. And -hmm. they didn't even rule that an error. They still ruled that a hit. Now, me personally, as a baseball fan, I don't know how you rule that an error, or not rule that an error, but that's just me personally. Um, But that's just the thing with this Nationals team is, is every little play they make into a big play. They hustle. That's the yeah. biggest thing is they hustle. So Alex Bregman,
1: yeah, he's a he's an AL MVP finalist this year. He'll probably finish second behind Trout. I think Trout's got that in the bag, but um, he he hasn't had any swagger at all this postseason. And he's even the first one to tell you. He said, "Hey, I've been good." And Put the blame on me I've been really terrible this postseason He's quoted saying exactly that uh, After game one Uh, Talking about that really crazy stat Before the World Series Now like I said You just said the percentage has gone up But before the World Series started The Nationals were 49% of their hits And their runs Were scored with two outs or more Or two outs Not two outs or more Two outs 49% That's insane Half of their runs
0: And that has to have went up by now Yeah, the way they worked in the World Series Is insane
1: so oh. Alex Bregman gets a home run in Game 2. We think that his momentum's going to change. First inning, hits a two-run home run out of there on Steven Strasburg. It ties, ties Game 2-2. First inning was crazy in Game 2. And then he makes all these defensive mistakes. We thought the swagger was back for the Astros. Could have been the series game changer. I wrote it down in my notes. It's like, could this be the game changer right here? Alex Bregman. So, uh, entering 1, Game 2. But it wasn't because he defensively was just he just – his mechanics failed. And he was one of the biggest reasons why the Nationals scored not one, not two, but ten. Ten runs in the last three innings of of game two. And it was on him. you got to put that on him.
0: The the Nationals team, I'll say this right now. I was telling my wife about it. This is one of the wildest terrors we've ever seen in baseball. And as a Cardinals fan, I kind of hope it keeps going so you guys win this. Because then we can always just say, "Hey, we lost to the World Series champions on one of the craziest <laughs> yeah. tears we've yep. seen in postseason history." Absolutely. Because this is—if we go back and look—this is going to be 10, 20 years down the line when they talk about this team, they're going to say the way they've scored runs is insane with two outs. Hey, they're going go to go out. Continue to rally. It's yeah, exactly. It's going to be a story twenty years down the line because of how yeah. good this team was. That's how you got to look at things sometimes. Is how is this going to look in history? A lot like, of people were talking.
1: A lot of people were talking saying that because they had all this all this long rest that they'd be like the 2007 Colorado Rockies who blew through the playoffs and then got swept by the Red Sox. Obviously that's not the case. Um yeah, this team is fantastic to watch. They're so exciting and um, and their core, they have a young core. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of older players
0: too. Don't I must say so they wrong. have a couple of wily vets on the team, but they have a really young core and that's what makes yeah. that team really good.
1: Yeah, Rizzo, the GM of the Nationals, he's doing something right. There's no doubt about it. And David Martinez, if he's not at least in your talks for manager of the year, you're doing something wrong, in my opinion. This, uh this team has been so fun to watch. 19 and 31 at the beginning of the season, and now they're in the World Series, about to there with a possibility to sweep yeah. the team that everybody thought that was going to win,
0: the with Houston the Astros. To go up 3-0 tonight. With the possibility
1: – yeah, by the time we talk next week, there will be no World Series. Absolutely. Uh, next Friday, the, even if it goes to seven games, the World Series will be over. We'll be talking about who won it. Uh, insane. Tonight, Tonight and tomorrow, game three and four, it could end by people going back to work on Monday. We might – so by the time we talk again – we will not be seeing another live baseball game on TV until spring training.
0: How about that? Uh, it's a little depressing at one point, but at the same time it gives us the other sports we get to concentrate on now because <laughs> basketball season's about to come into full effect, and that's going to take up quite a bit of our podcast, I'm and sure. NFL playoffs, too. NFL yeah. playoffs, yeah, it's going to be crazy. But uh, that's all we got for this week, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know what we'll be talking about for sure, but I'll see you guys then. Yeah, take care. Thanks for listening to the Tough Talk Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Friday as we break down all the major sports topics for the week. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Twitter at Tough Talk Pod.